Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, verse number 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? I think I've said this before, but that's a pretty good pickup line right there. You know, when you're married, that's a good married pickup line. It's a terrible pickup line when you're not married. <laughs> Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. I want to preach to you today uh, on this thought better together. Uh, why don't you look over at your neighbor and give him a high five and say, We're better together. Man, God bless you. You can be seated and enjoy these nice, comfortable seats. Amen. It's a revival, a revival of, of laziness in the room. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach longer today. Better together. Uh, how many of you would be honest and say that? you're the kind of person that sometimes you just want to get alone. Now, you might as well raise your hand now. I'm going to have to start calling you out. I know some of you well enough to know. Sometimes we just need... I am a, I'm an extrovert, at least I think I am, but what I've discovered is that really I'm an extrovert, extrovert to a limit. Like there comes a time where I've had enough and I need to get away and be... By myself, but I, I remember when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite things to be left alone at the house. Anybody remember the first time you were left alone at home? It was like this is my house now. I'm in charge. Uh, I also, of course, remember what it's like to be left alone at night, and that is a completely different feeling, isn't it? Even I'll be honest, even to this day, I don't really like to be alone at night. If I'm here even at the church alone at night, I was here last night by myself uh, for a while, and you know, there's just something about being in a place all alone at night. It's, it's different than being alone in the day. Recently, Parker, uh, you know, he, he thinks he's more grown than he is, of course, and, and he, he looked at me one day and he said, Dad, just uh, nine more years and I'm going to be on my own. I'm like, well, you can leave right now. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not holding you back. Don't let the door hit you where the Lord split you. Just go on and, uh, alone. Earlier this year, a report was released. I don't know if you saw this. And it listed the loneliest cities in America. It found that Washington, D.C. was the loneliest city in the United States of America alone and this is significant this this finding is significant because some medical re professionals say that we're actually in a loneliness epidemic the New York Times had an article a feature about loneliness and it quoted the Surgeon General of the United States and it said that that loneliness is a public health crisis on the scale of the opioid epidemic or obesity one study even found the health risk of loneliness as being equal to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. We are better together. 
But what the medical professionals are still trying to study and understand what they're writing in their medical journals about is they are, are, are discovering the, these facts, uh, this, these truths uh, are made clear in the Bible even before you get past the first couple pages of Genesis. As in Genesis 2, the Bible says, after God looks at His creation, He looks at things and He keeps saying, well, that's good, that's good. The, the sun and the, and the day and the night, that's good. The earth, it's good. The animals, those are good. Um, everything, He then says, is very good. Then He looks at man in Genesis 2.18 and He says, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. You see, this was more than a, a pickup line deposited in the Scripture. It is a lifeline that it is not good to be alone. We have got to understand and embrace this truth that we were created for relationships and you might live by yourself you might enjoy getting some time alone I'm not talking about a living arrangement I'm talking about a life arrangement you were not created to live your life alone God created us for relationships for deep rich authentic relationships too the writer says are better than one we are better together over and over again, as you thumb through the pages of Scripture, you will see the Scripture emphasize this point as it champions the benefits of this truth and it warns of the consequences of a life without it. But the problem for you and I is that that's oftentimes we settle for surface connection so often that we don't get to experience the beauty of community that God designed for us to know and to enjoy. We are more connected now than we have ever been. We are connected to everyone. I have almost 5,000 Facebook friends and I don't even know how it happened. People just kept adding me. But when my birthday comes around, the best I can get from any of them is a happy birthday, Jerry, on Facebook. We are so connected and yet the feeling of loneliness is greater than ever because we mistake connection for community. You see, connection is easy and it's convenient, but community is difficult and costly. It is messy and it takes work. You see, when God created Eve, the Bible says He took a bone from Adam because in order to experience the richness of relationship that God intended, hear this now, it was going to require something of Adam to make it happen. You see, closeness would carry a cost. It had to be formed, not found. If you hear me now, if, if we, if, if, if you and I, if we're going to know and experience the deep and rich community that God intends for us to experience, it's not something that you will find. It's something that is formed. And in order for it to be formed, it will cost something 
of you. And while the answer for that loneliness and the lack of relationship that God witnessed there in the life of Adam was, uh, was cured by Eve, by a woman, God's answer for it today is the church. It's the body of Christ. And we've got to understand this. You can be connected to the church without being committed to the church. You can be connected to the church without being committed to the, the community that is around the church. You can have a service relationship with the church. You can maintain a safe distance from it. You can just like watch it from the distance but you'll never experience the deepness and richness of community that God intends while maintaining your distance. The truth is, people treat church like car shopping, hoping to find the perfect one. But true community is never found. It's formed. You've got to give a part of yourself to it in order to experience it. If you're looking for a perfect church, Freedom Church is not that church. But i got to tell you that you will not find a perfect church. The perfect church for you is the one that you will commit to, the one that you will give a part of yourself to, the one that you will say, whatever I've got to do to make it better, I will do it. We, we like to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to watch what all happens. But the truth is, if you're watching from a distance, you can't experience the richness that it is. It's like trying to, to, to watch a fire on television. You can see it, but you can't feel the warmth of it. In order to feel the warmth of it, you've got to get close to it. And i got to tell you that if you're ever going to experience what God has for you, it's going to be you getting close to the body of Christ. You getting close to one another. You getting close to a community of faith where you say, this is where I'm going to invest my time, my talent, and my treasure. I'm not looking just for an experience. I'm looking for a community. You see, church can't be something we just do on Sundays. A place we go to see and hear. But if we are going to be what God is calling us to be, we've got to be a community of people who are together. Not just in proximity on Sunday, but together in life. Where we are walking together and talking together and grieving together and having joy together and doing life together. Where we recognize that we are better together than we would ever be by ourselves. One of my favorite stories in all of the scripture is the story of the ten lepers. And... Uh, Leprosy, of course, was just a terrible condition. I mean, it still exists today, although, you know, now I think maybe the thing that would be uh, equal to leprosy uh, in the minds of some people would be COVID. It's like you don't want to be around somebody with it. You've you got to push them away, right? But, but there was something rich about the story that, that Luke does not uh, uh, make clear. You see, Jews and Samaritans, this group of, of lepers, they were Jews and Samaritans. They, they hated one another. There was... An incredible amount of tension between the two groups in Scripture. They thought of one another as dogs. And yet, when these ten men that we are introduced in Scripture, the ten lepers, uh, they are living together in close proximity. They are all together. They, Regardless of what they felt about one another before they came together, something happened. They were brought together by their common need and their proximity paved the way 
for their breakthrough. When Jesus showed up where they were, their togetherness made all the difference. And can I tell you that if we are going to experience what God has for us, we are going to have to be a people that recognize and cherish the value of togetherness, where we come together, where we join together, not just in proximity, but also in purpose, also also in passion, where we say we're here for one reason, and we have this common need that while we may not think alike all the time, we may not vote alike, we may not all dress alike, we may not all, 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 all feel the same way about everything, we all recognize that we need one another and that we need a move of God, and so we come here because we know that it is togetherness that makes all the difference. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I got to tell you that what God needs in this hour is for people to be together, for us not to be ripped apart by our political differences or by our emotional differences or by the way that we live or act or think. No, 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 no. We come together because we understand that we need one another. We've got to come together in order to be together. That's pretty profound, isn't it? First, of course, we've got to come physically together. Everybody say physically. Paul said it this way. Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Don't neglect the meeting together. Physically coming together. Faithfulness to assembling together cannot be negotiable if we're going to experience the benefits of community that God intends for us. The Bible tells us that the early church was committed to this. In Acts chapter number 2, verse number 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they did eat their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what happened when they were living this way? And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. If we are going to experience the growth that God has for us, if we're going to know the blessing that God intends for us, we've got to be committed to gathering together in location where we come together and worship together and praise together and pray together where we see one another and we we have relationships one with another but also and really just as importantly if not more so we have to have a shared goal in order to be together see a lot of people they come together for all kinds of reasons But in order for the church to experience what it should experience, in order for you to experience what you should experience, we have got to have a shared goal. And our shared goal has got to be to make it to heaven. I've got to make it to heaven. I want to be a part of a church that I enjoy the music, that I enjoy the comfortable chairs, that I enjoy the programs and all of the things that, that it can offer. Sure, those things are benefits to be sure. But, but more than anything, the most important thing to me is I, I want to go to heaven. And I want to be around people who also want to go to heaven and who are doing everything that they can do so that they are growing in relationship with God and one another so that they can all go to that same place together. 
I was reading this week about, about birds and the way that they travel. You ever see birds flying in this formation? Canadian geese, they do this. And I hate Canadian geese. Not because they have the name Canada in there. I love Canadians, but they're geese. They need to keep them. We need, we need, that's where we need to build a wall, right there, uh, for, to keep the Canadian geese out. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. <laughs> but it's a pretty fascinating deal, the way that these birds fly. This is what I learned. Birds flying together can travel up to 70% further than when flying alone. Scientifically proven, according to the Internet. And the reason is that when they are flying together, flying is easier. They benefit, the birds do, from the others around them and their efforts, the ones around them, lifts them up too. And as they flap their wings, the displacement of the air is pushed towards the birds behind them and it lifts them up as well. It's amazing the things that scientists do. They've strapped heart rate monitors onto these birds and what they've discovered is that birds in the back of the formation, their heart rates stay lower uh, than the ones in the front because they are benefiting from the fact that they are flying together. They've also learned that birds take turns leading because they're all going in the same destination. And while it may seem kind of crazy that I would make the connection between Canadian geese and the church, I've got to tell you that life is a lot easier when we are flying together, when we are working together towards the same goal and we're trying to go to the same place because my efforts help you and your efforts help me and your prayers help me and your encouragement helps me when we are all flying together. See, here's what happens. Some of us, we've got offended by something that some of the one other bird has done and we've decided we'll just go flap our wings all by ourselves. But you want to know what's going to happen? You're just going to get tired. So I can make it all on my own. Maybe you can, but you're going to have to work a lot harder to get there. We need one another. We are better together. I'm not looking for reasons to push you away. I, I'm looking for reasons to bring you in. It's messy. When you get in community, how many know that family is messy? Anybody got a messed up family? Listen, I, let me tell you how messed up uh, my family is. My my. When I say my family and when I and messed up, I'm talking about my wife's side of the family, of course. Um, I changed our group chat. Uh, we have a group chat, a family group chat, and I, I changed the name of the group chat. Oh, you better go on somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna. I might be better together, but I'm gonna be flying alone home. Uh, I changed our group chat name to "Can't Choose Your Family." Because I wanted my mother-in-law to know I picked Annie, not her. <laughs> family is messy. But here's the thing about family. The closer you get...
And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll decide that it would be better for us to maintain our protect ourselves. But what we do in that situation is we cut ourselves off from the beauty of togetherness that we get. Yes, we get hurt sometimes. Yes, we say things that we shouldn't sometimes. Yes, we do things we shouldn't sometimes. But the truth is there's something beautiful about family. There's something beautiful about that relationship that is worth the price. And i got to tell you, when it comes to the church, there is something beautiful about it. That yes, somebody might say something to me that hurts me from time to time and there may be some things that happen that shouldn't happen but I got to tell you there's also something beautiful that happens because there are people around me that are trying to get to the same place that I'm trying to get and if we just all work together we will help one another get where we are trying to go getting to the destination is going to be easier if we do it together we weren't meant to try to fly alone there are over 59 one another commands in the New Testament that you cannot fulfill without someone else. And so if you want to obey the Word of God, if you want to do what He has called you to do, then you've got to find somebody else that you can fulfill the one another's with. You got to pray one for another. You got to forgive one another. You got to love one another. You got to greet one another. It goes on and on and on 59 times that we are commanded to do something for one another. I'm telling you today, we are better together. Stand with me. As I was reading about these birds, I, I came across this story in the National Geographic magazine of this Austrian conservation organization that is trying to save a bird called the Northern Bald Ibis. I have a picture of this bird, and I, and I, I apologize too. Now here's the thing about this bird, it's critically endangered. It actually went extinct in Europe in the 17th century. And so this group is trying to bring them back where they belong. These people in the 17th century said, we thought we took care of this problem. And so, but, but this is what's fascinating. As, as they've been working with these birds, trying to teach them how to fly in this formation uh, and how to migrate back to the, some of their ancestral homes. They discovered something in working with these birds. All these birds are the same age. And for a long time, they had assumed that when birds learned to fly this way, it was because they were learning from the older birds that had already learned it. So it was something that was passed down from generation to generation. But this is what they discovered. When they always assumed that the V-formation flight was learned from the adult birds, they learned that these guys are all the same age and they learned to fly from each other. Each other. None of them had it figured out. But as they begin to fly and work together, they begin to learn from one another. They're better together. 
I tell you that it is the will of God for us to be together. You could take that, that picture off. That's just one ugly bird. I'm telling you that, that there is a destination that we are all trying to get to. And the only way we are going to get there is together. Learning from one another. Working together. We have a shared goal. We're not all... The goal of the church isn't to make everybody think alike, look alike, vote alike, dress alike, all of those things. That is not the goal of the church. The goal of the church is to be the bride of Christ, to make it to heaven. But in order for us to do it, we're going to have to do it together. And so you might be a Canadian goose or you might be a bald northern iris. Jim, you're bald. You got half of it. But whatever you are, we've got to work together. We're better together. And so today we are launching our small groups. And the purpose of small groups really is to expand our thinking. We don't want to just be a church where we come here on Sundays and we see the show. And we, uh, we watch the fire, where we come here and we check something off of our box. Now, it's a good thing. It's a necessary thing that we can't forsake. But if all we ever do is come to church on Sunday, then we're missing part of the richness of what God desires and designed for us. The early church, they were together daily from house to house. And so after a time of prayer, we're going to gather into the foyer and It'll all be set up, and you'll be able to see. We have some location-based small groups. We have a small group in Northern Virginia. We have a small group here in Northwest D.C. We have a small group uh, at Howard. We got a small group um, at Capitol Hill, and then we have a ladies' small group, which is just one one ladies' event. But our goal here is to build community. We're still a brand new church. We're still you got to. Walk before you can run. But this is just us trying to take another step because we want to be more than a church that meets on Sunday. We want to meet daily. And so with these small groups, it's a small commitment. Ten weeks. Most of the groups are going to meet every other week for these ten weeks. And so you're committing no more than five times in this semester. But I want to just implore you to challenge you to begin to think about community more than just connection. More than just a place to gather on Sunday. We want to be a group of people who are living together, praying together, worshiping together, bearing one another's burdens. We are better together. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Then he said, though one may be empowered by another, two can withstand him. You know, a lot of crimes that happen in D.C. are really crimes of opportunity. Somebody out late on their own. And it's an opportunity. And the enemy, when he attacks us, really he is an enemy of opportunity. He's looking for somebody that is alone. But when we're standing together and we're praying together and we're 
worshiping together, then the enemy will know that is not somebody that you mess with. I want the enemy to know that when he thinks about attacking you, that he knows he's also going to have to deal with me. And he's also going to have to deal with you and with you and with you. Because there are people who will stand up and say, no, 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 no. You're not going to have that family. You're not going to have their peace. You're not going to have their joy. You're not going to have them. We are standing together. We're better together with every head bowed and every eye closed community it it takes work Adam you need somebody you you need something else but I'm going to require something of you in order to get what God designed it requires something of you What a beautiful picture of community. If you just want to be a taker, people aren't going to be around you for very long. But if you're willing to give and you're willing to support and you're willing to pray, if you're willing to give something of yourself, then you will experience the richness and deepness that comes from being together. We are better together. Let us pray. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for the church. I thank you for the beautiful thing that you are doing in this faith community here. God, those that you have drawn into this church, those who have been a part, those who have been touched here in this place. But God, we know that it is your plan, your will, and your desire that we be more than a church of one location. But that you desire for us to leave these walls and to, to reach and to love and to serve our community, to be a part of life-giving community, to, to change hearts and minds through your love and through your power. I pray, God, that you would help us to have eyes to see what you would see, that we would see one another with your eyes, with compassion, with love, with grace, and that you would put inside of us, us a deep desire to, to build community, to be what you have called us to be. Help us to be an Acts church, a church that where people are added daily, where people are coming to saving knowledge daily, where people are repenting and being baptized and being filled with your spirit daily because there is a community here that is embracing them, that is loving them, that is reaching for them. I'm going to ask you that you would just take the hand of the person beside you if it's appropriate there. We're going to pray one for another. As they begin to sing, just right there at your seats today, just that you would take the person there and you would say, Lord, I I pray blessing over over my friend. I pray blessing over my family member. God, for this community, for this church, for this body that you have assembled together, I pray that you would help us to be what you have called us to be. God, help us to bear one another's burdens, to love one another, to forgive one another, to serve one another, to to do what you have called us to do, God.